Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing fending off financial FOMO. You add three more Fs to that, right? So we have six Fs. You'll uh, have white. That's a that's a graphic design joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't get. I didn't get it. <laughs> like, there's codes associated with colors, and if you're trying to find a specific color, like say with a specific brand, uh, they've got their own six-digit codes uh, for their colors, and white is just FF FF FF. Okay, well, that's now you know. Not good to know, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and uh, I was thinking through fending off financial FOMO. We had three Fs there. It's kind of yeah. like a tongue twister going yeah, on a little like bit. Peter Some Piper el- picked a peck of I don't know um, pepper pickles. Yeah, that's it. Some alliteration and, is, and is what we got going on here. By the way, I'm sure you know FOMO is common parlance at this point in time. But if anybody doesn't know what it means, it means the fear of missing out. I can't believe you defined it. I had to. No, everybody knows FOMO. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows it. I if think you I don't, just insulted everyone's intelligence. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 
maybe Sorry about just that. a little bit, but we appreciate you being thorough. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so before we launch into this, though, uh, you want to tell us about, uh, you, you got a great curb alert, right? Oh, almost a curb alert. Almost. I got a text notification from a neighbor uh, just after Christmas that they had bought their daughter a new bed and they were getting rid of uh, her old bed. And this was like exactly what we were looking for. She sent me a picture um, and it was, you know, one of those Ikea, you got to put together with an Allen wrench. And sometimes when you move Ikea furniture, it doesn't last the move but when you're only moving it a couple doors down um you can be careful and and it it did great but so dude i score this awesome bed for my seven-year-old that she is obsessed with and that fits um that works perfectly for uh in her room for a hundred bucks man uh my neighbor was just super sweet to put us on alert about that very nice i looked it up on ikea's website it's uh just under 500 bucks uh, to buy Dang. that bed brand new. So that's a sweet deal. $400 worth of savings right there, man. Uh, and I'll say, it is super solid. When I came over to look at it, like I'm kind of critical of Ikea stuff as well. <laughs> and I, I reached up, I kind of gave it a shake, and I was surprised. I was like, did, did you like bolt this to the wall or something? <laughs> like It did not move at all. And I'm a little jealous too, man. I think that's the direction we might want to go as well, kind of getting the girls all their beds up in the air. Yeah. And with schooling, and they're, you know, they're starting to amass their own possessions. It's not just kind of like kids' toys. Like they have their own little things, their journals, pens, things like that. Evie in particular, you know, she's getting older. And so I could see having a desk, you know, the area underneath the bed being like her space. Like you can't go in there. There's drawers, things like that. We don't have anything like that right now. It's just kind of like a free for all in their room and they all invade each other's space. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a problem. I will say too, just letting your neighbors know that you're open to you stuff, that you're open to hand-me-downs. Um, the, you know, they just, they think of us now and they'll shoot us a text and that's just kind of, it's kind of nice to, to be thought of because there's sometimes where I'm almost like surprised that they uh, thought to include us, like they, a really, really old refrigerator. But it actually makes sense because I think I have I've taken one of their old refrigerators before. But it, it's... Now all the old things that they're getting ready to like, maybe Joel wants this, maybe I don't Joel, know. I'm like, all right, that's just trash, okay? I don't, really, I don't even want to know about Say, that. Hey, but Buddy, well, we've got a crumpled up piece of paper here for you. Would you like it? <laughs> exactly. Like, but for the most part, it works out really well. Um, you know, it's, it's about half and half when we say yes to the to the item. But it, yeah, just nice to get a sweet bunk bed at a deep discount. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have neighbors, check out online. You know, in, in a lot of cities on Facebook, there are these buy nothing groups where you can exchange things for free. You got you need to do some contributing as well uh, if you're going to you know participate and take things for free. But that's another great way to find free items in order to, to save some money like, like you guys were able to do. But it's really nice when something comes along that you're already looking for like that for sure. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's uh, mention the beer that we're having on the show today. Uh, this one's called Dank Daniel or Dang. Dang, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. <laughs> By Heist Brewing Company. And Matt, apparently this was based on some sort of meme from five years ago or video from five years ago. Dude, I thought it was, you, know, you asked, we were talking about it and I was like, I think it's like a couple of years ago. And then I looked it up. It was in 2016, way longer ago than I actually realized. Okay. Can we post the video, uh, a link to oh, the video in our show notes? Heck yeah. Okay. All right. It's, it's actually, it's pretty funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I'm glad I uh, finally, I'm, I'm always left out of stuff like that. I don't know why I'm not, I'm not like in tune with what's going on in the cultural zeitgeist all the time and so yeah <laughs> catching up on stuff like that is is nice I, I skip out on the some of the tv shows and instead i guess i, I just watch memes because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know all the things out there but for, for, for whatever reason uh i'm down with the memes but yeah i'm looking forward to sharing this beer with you man uh we're, and we'll talk about it at the end of the episode uh but this episode we're talking about financial fomo yeah fomo which again means no i'm just kidding i won't repeat it but uh <laughs> teddy roosevelt matt once said one of the great Ooh. american presidents said comparison is the thief of joy and how true is that, man, when we think about uh, our own lives, that sometimes we can be completely happy doing, uh, going on our own merry way, and all of a sudden, something happening somewhere else in the world or in our neighborhood 
can immediately make us feel the opposite of happy. Uh, And it's purely because of comparison. And this episode is going to focus on how to deal with FOMO so that we don't make moves that mess up our ultimate money goals due to short-term experiences with the world around us. Those feelings that it can foster can, can lead us to make some really poor money decisions. And that's what we're hoping to avoid in our own lives and hoping to help our listeners avoid uh, you know, as we talk through it today. Yeah, a lot of folks might uh, feel some significant FOMO if they're seeing individual stocks like Tesla soar this past year uh, while you are investing in plain old index funds, right? Or, or even target date retirement funds. Or maybe even mortgage rates. You know, they've been at all time lows, and that might make you feel like you are the only person uh, in your peer group who's not buying a house right now <laughs> uh, and you don't want to miss out. But living life according to that FOMO could cause you to speculate and maybe buy Bitcoin because others have seen success or rushing the purchase maybe of a home just to secure that low interest rate when you aren't actually ready to own a home, You know, either financially or for a, a number of other reasons. We don't want to let FOMO dictate our personal finances. Yeah, FOMO can cause us to put the cart before the horse, can cause us to do yeah. something in the wrong order or just do something ill-advised altogether, right? And and let's talk too, FOMO is often based on false assumptions of what is actually happening around us. Everyone else isn't actually buying a home (laughs) while you're the only person sitting on the sidelines. That's just what's going through your brain. It might feel like you are, uh, or anecdotally, that might be true. Like you might know somebody or a couple folks who are doing that, but statistically, that's not true. Everybody isn't doing that. (laughs) Right. It's just like when you flip through your Instagram feed and you see like three of your friends in their bathing suit you know, at the beach, you're like, everybody's there and I'm not. And it's like, not everybody. <laughs> Maybe some of those pictures from, were from weeks ago. Who knows? But uh, yeah, the amount of stories that were written about like Tesla millionaires, right? There were certainly a few people that made a lot of money investing in Tesla. But do you actually know any of them? <laughs> Probably not. And if you if you do know one... Um, can you name two? Like, do you, do you yeah. know two? You know, uh, <laughs> I know maybe two. That's it. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know two. Oh, I really? know one friend who made like twenty five grand, and I'm super happy for him. But I also know that's not the norm, right? Right. Uh, and so, uh, even more key, have those friends who have done well in something like that ever talked to you about money that they've lost investing in other stocks, investing in other arenas? It's kind of like the gambler detailing his or her most amazing day at the table playing craps. But yet they've lost a fortune over the years. They had that one glorious night, but uh, when it comes down to it, most of the time they're actually losing money. And I feel like FOMO, Matt, is often fueled by cherry-pick sample size. It's people choosing which things they want to relay, the, the biggest successes they've had, and they're leaving out all the other failures, and it prevents uh, a shiny look to something that under the surface is, is much more sinister. That's right. But so why does FOMO seem more prevalent today? You know, the whole notion that you're missing out on something important has become more pronounced, I think, in recent years. Uh, And it's it's worth talking about how FOMO has grown in scale and scope so that we can begin to combat it. And so the first reason that we want to point to is just the 24 hour news cycle. You know, that certainly plays a major role in the rise of FOMO in our collective anxiety. Uh, The amount of information that gets presented to us every single day has shot through the roof. Uh, In 2011, we took in five times the amount of information that people encountered in 1986. And I would venture to say that it would be even more today with the advent of how prevalent our smartphones are in our day-to-day lives. But bottom line, our generation has just been exposed to way more information, way more news uh, than previous generations. And the thing is, we're not all that great at processing these 
massive amounts of information on a daily basis. Yeah, it's information overload, and we don't know how to determine what's important, what's meaningful from what's not. And that lack of being able to filter things well, when that much is coming at us, when we're essentially drinking from a fire hose, can make it hard to make the right decisions, especially when it comes to our money. Yeah. Uh, another reason why FOMO seems more prevalent today is, of course, the culprit that everyone points to, social media. And, and th that's another part of the reason we're encountering way too much information. We're encountering so much information than prior generations. Facebook, Twitter, and even Instagram now, man, it's not just pictures anymore. People got a long soliloquy to write underneath <laughs> that picture. And so uh, we're confronted with, and we're forced to dissect everyone's opinion. And just to be honest, there are a lot of lame opinions out there. And, and let's not forget too, YouTube, where apparently users are uploading 500 minutes of content every single minute. I mean, that's a, a lot of content that out there. That is mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. More content being uploaded than any human being could watch in their entire lifetime. Um, and that's a lot of content that can distract and overload your faculties. Um, and I think that can actually just heighten the sense of FOMO that we feel in our everyday lives. Yeah. And, and you just mentioned Instagram too, as far as like the, <laughs> the long essays uh, written underneath the actual images, but like, let's not discount the images themselves. You know, it's not just social media where we're kind of writing, sh like sharing our thoughts on a personal blog or, or things like that. But dude, images are really, really powerful. You know, the example you gave earlier, you're talking about folks hanging out at the beach. You know, when we see these images uh, of people's, you know, possessions or what they're doing, it can have a pretty big impact on our psyche. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't have an impact on our money, but it can, you know, like you feel a certain way if you see a friend, uh, you know, post a picture of their new Tesla <laughs> or you see somebody on a vacation because experiences are, are something that we value these days as well. Obviously, we're not traveling as much, uh, but hopefully we will be soon. But let's not discount the ability of just images uh, to, to influence our decisions as well. Can I say, too, in recent years, I've just kind of stopped posting um, really anywhere, uh, in particular on Facebook. I haven't posted in probably years. And then Instagram, I post maybe twice a year. And it's just a couple of pictures that I want to remember in like a extremely curated feed. But part of that was seeing how other people react to the images that, that are posted, seeing how I felt sometimes seeing some of the images around as I scrolled through my feed. And I was like, what do I want to put out there in the world? Um, and I think ultimately I decided I wanted to put out just less stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's certainly weird. I mean, the, the relationship we have with Instagram, social media, uh, things that project something when we know that it's not true. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be one of those people that, that states like, oh, by the way, this is just the highlight reel. It's like, well, like, yeah, I, I, I get that. Like, that's how we treat it. But at the same time, it's weird to continue to do that when we know it does have an impact on folks. Folks want to put that disclaimer out there. But at the same time, I think we are, I don't know, maybe wising up a little bit with how we perceive and how we use social media ourselves. Um, but, you know, an another thing to kind of think through is who are the ones that are participating in this, you know, different types of social media? Who is more susceptible to FOMO, basically? And statistics certainly point towards younger folks uh, who have grown up being constantly connected as having more anxiety in general and an increase of, uh, you know, in that fear of missing out. But it isn't just the youngest folks in our society. People who consider themselves news junkies, obviously, and, and even social extroverts are at higher risk for feeling FOMO as well. So a lot of it kind of does come down to your individual personality, that in addition to your generation. Man, I'm 100% extrovert, as you know, Matt. And when I was younger, and I would hear like, some people got together on, on Thursday, and I wasn't there. I was like, 
I would, I would get that FOMO, but it didn't feel the same because you didn't necessarily see the pictures um, on social media. And so you just kind of heard about it and then it left your mind uh, really quickly after that. But now it's got this like stickability that makes the FOMO, I think, worse for a lot of people. Uh, so I, I don't know. I guess I just got to say I'm thankful that I grew up in an era uh, where we didn't have internet, at least for a portion of our youth. And then where dial-up internet was uh, kind of the thing, you know, you remember the, the oh, yeah. sound to try to get on? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then when, you, when your family members would pick up the phone and you got kicked off it's and like, you were like, don't pick up the phone. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and I think just even growing up in an era where my first cell phone wasn't connected to the internet or the only thing you could actually do on it that was fun was play snake um like there, there's something <laughs> that like sets you up for a better life than that i feel bad for the kids these days that are essentially uh, you know on instagram or twitter or on social media their whole lives kind of revolve around virtual interactions and that has some difficulties associated with it uh, but here on the show you know we we specifically like to talk about money of course and uh fomo impacts our psyche as we've talked about a little bit in this segment but it also affects our money too and we want to get into some of the specifics of how that works and the impact that FOMO has uh, in that arena uh, right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, 
but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. And so we're back from the break. And I was just actually during the break, <laughs> I was thinking about how, like, when, when do a lot of people kind of catch up on social media at night? You know, like right before they go to bed. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, I haven't been on all day or it's been several hours. and Or like, I've been on 82 times today, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like the ability for us to scroll through and look at what other people are doing, what they're buying, what they're purchasing. Could you imagine like, okay, you're getting ready to go to bed, but then you're going to jump in the car real quick and make a round of all of your friends. Uh, obviously, it's not possible because we We've got friends, obviously, in other cities as well. But like, what would that do to you mentally? Like, no wonder people have anxiety. No wonder we have difficulties sleeping. You know, for folks who are on their phones on social media, um, you know, right before bed, it's just kind of mind blowing to think through what that would actually look like if we didn't have that technology. A, it wouldn't be possible. But B, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> you know, um, uh, just a little thought I had. But like you said, let's talk about it from like the standpoint of money, right? Uh, we're also seeing a major dose of FOMO when it comes to our personal finances, and so. Let's let's talk about how the you know FOMO phenomenon has translated to the uh, temptation to handle our money with the same reactionary behavior. You know that uh, Teddy Roosevelt quote you quoted earlier about comparison uh, being the thief of joy is totally true, but in the world of personal finance, comparison can be the enemy of attaining our investing and savings goals. You know it's the keeping up with the Joneses and the treat yourself mentality that caused us to put too much emphasis on the here and now, and it harms our ability to delay gratification that would lead to our own future good. Yeah, and, and comparing things, like we talked about with the cherry picking aspect, it's, it's not always an accurate picture you're getting. The interesting thing about comparing our financial lives with, with those of others is that you know what shape our personal finances are actually in is pretty dang hidden from yeah. everybody else, right? You don't <laughs> actually know, you can't actually see what my personal finances look like, you can only see what I'm projecting to the world. Yeah. So what we see, at least in some degree, is is the spending that takes place in the lives of those around us, not the saving and investing habits of them. The new car, uh, the expensive vacation, or the private school education for the kids are what you're seeing your friends spending their money on, but what you don't see is what's happening behind that spending. Are your friends or coworkers or loved ones paying uh, in cash, <laughs> or are they taking on a boatload of debt in order to finance those purchases? And is it keeping them up at night and causing them 
a bunch of stress because that's the case. Uh, comparison in this case can cause you to make faulty assumptions that then mess up your own money situation. Well, if that person can afford it, you know, they're in a job that, you know, I bet they make about as much as I do. I guess I can afford that too. Well, those things don't necessarily correlate and you're not getting the full picture because you're only seeing a small portion of kind of their personal finance decisions. Yeah, man. You know, when what's taking place on the market becomes sort of like this national obsession, we should all be worried that FOMO is setting in. I know one of your favorite money writers, Christine Benz, uh, over there at Morningstar, she tweeted recently about some of the warning signs uh, that are taking place with how investors are acting. People are treating individual stocks um, like Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, uh, and just the market in general as a high interest savings account that never goes down. But history shows us that the market will experience turbulence, you know? Uh, so don't let FOMO change your investing plan and cause you to, to make riskier bets. Yeah, man, I think that's an extreme part of what's currently happening uh, in the financial FOMO atmosphere is that people are seeing just an extreme rise in stock prices. They're seeing certain individual stocks just leaping off the charts. Um, they're seeing crazy things like Bitcoin just shooting up to, to record highs. And they're like, well, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and why is my money not invested in that way? And it makes them rethink their plan. Am I doing things wrong? Because uh, this, all this is happening around me and I'm not involved. Um, but let's talk about uh, those riskier bets and what FOMO can lead you to do when it majorly sets in. Well, it can lead you to irrational decision making, like, let's say, jumping into individual stock investing because you want to ride the wave that others are on. That has led to financial ruin in some cases. Like, I, mean, I don't know if on the show we've ever talked about the young Robin Hood investor who killed himself after seeing a massive negative balance that was in the summer of last year, I think. But investing in ways that you don't know much about can take a massive toll on your finances and your personal health too. Those irrational decisions can lead to severe consequences. And in that case, the most severe of consequences. But I feel like the, the turbocharged feelings of FOMO that people are, are feeling right now can definitely lead to that sort of decision making that doesn't really have any basis in facts or reality or your own personalized money plan. Yeah, it's in a sense like FOMO leads to this sort of echo chamber of people all like participating in this sort of hive mind where they're all thinking the same thing. Nobody's really questioning reality, and they're going to continue doing what has been working, even though there may not be a basis for that continuing in that direction. And on the contrary, right? I'm like I'm thinking through too how someone might actually take a contrarian view uh, as justification, you know, like leading to actions that can maybe similarly be harmful. I'm thinking about the uh, the Tesla short sellers of 2020. Like they were so sure that Tesla's rise couldn't continue, that they then lost tens of billions of dollars taking that contrarian position. Uh, but you know, yet, Tesla stock continues to rise uh, to the tune of 700% last year. So FOMO can cause you to, to make ill-advised bets in an attempt to prove something to yourself or others, uh, and that can also cause financial damage. Yeah, I, I think too, uh, another thing that FOMO can lead you to do when it comes to your money is make not just the wrong decision, but make the wrong decision for you. Because like depending on where you are at in your personal finance journey, you might end up making a move uh, with your money that makes perfect sense for someone else, <laughs> but it could be catastrophic for your own personal financial situation. Context is so key when we're talking about money. Like, let's say Warren Buffett uh, it made, makes a decision to go all in on a company. That doesn't mean that you've got the green light to follow suit, though, right? Remember that the game that you're playing and the game that Warren Buffett is playing are completely different ball games. The game you're playing is to be able to retire someday with enough money to be able to fund your lifestyle. You're not in the business of making billion-dollar deals. So don't compare yourself 
yourself to the people that are in that business. I think that's another thing that FOMO can produce in us is we want to invest like the big timers. We might want to get rich quick or do something that isn't in our wheelhouse. Um, and we have to remember like who we are in the game that we're playing with our money. Yeah, no, nor are we in the business of eating at McDonald's every morning. Uh, <laughs> let's leave that to Warren. We'll leave that to our good buddy, Warren. <laughs> uh, and so that's a good example when it comes to investing, right? Uh, but the same is true in other areas of our financial lives as well, you know, especially when it comes to spending. You know, we mentioned housing uh, earlier. Like, who would have thought that int- mortgage interest rates would be as low as they are right now? Uh, but just because this is the right time for someone else to buy a home, you know, that maybe they've been saving up for a couple years, that doesn't mean that you should be doing the same thing. Uh, it does feel like there's, there's like a kind of a closing window for folks to kind of snag these all time low rates, but it doesn't matter if it's not the right time for you, for you as an individual. And I think we even see this too. Uh, when it comes to just how certain things are marketed to us, right? Like aside from uh, a financial, per- you know, like a larger financial purchase, like a home with mortgage rates, but even just like retail consumption. I think about uh, all the different mattress companies <laughs> that advertise on podcasts like ours. <laughs> there are hundreds of them. There are so many of them uh, that, you know, when you hear it being talked about so often, it makes you think, oh, Am I missing out on a good night's sleep? Like Everybody's getting a mattress. Why aren't I? Everybody's sleeping so well. This <laughs> is something that I need as well. And you haven't necessarily questioned, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be on my phone at night before I go to bed. <laughs> uh, maybe I just need to sleep longer. Maybe I need to go, to go to bed earlier. Maybe turn off Netflix, right? Like There's so many things that we need to consider. Uh, and, it, and, and our behavior doesn't need to be reactionary. We don't need to see what's out there, what's being fed to us, what's being marketed to us, uh, and then making sort of a knee-jerk reaction based on that. So it can have an impact on you know, not not only how we invest our money, but also how we, yeah, how we spend it as well. That's true. FOMO can cause us to spend more than we otherwise should. That's for sure. Uh, these are just some of the ways that FOMO can can wreck our personal finances. We, of course, want to make sure that you're not doing that. Um, and so we're going to talk about what to do, the ways that you can actually fend off FOMO so that you don't make those terrible money moves. And we'll get to our thoughts on that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break, and we're, we're discussing how you can fend off financial FOMO. Uh, and Joel, I'm thinking of it like uh, like fencers going back and forth with, you know, you, you almost have to kind of like have that attitude towards some, the FOMO. There's some fending going on. <laughs> there's some defending, right? Fending, fencing. I don't, you know. With a foil. <laughs> another F. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, I mean, generally speaking here, there's, there's a couple of problems that we've identified. One of them is comparison, and the other one is just all the news, all the noise uh, that we allow into our lives every day. And so instead of allowing those things to dictate how it is that we behave, instead, we want you to, first of all, cut the noise as much as possible, right? This is including the news. Ask yourself, is there actually 24 hours worth of news in a day that is, that is actually worth consuming? Oh, I can answer that. Yeah. No. No, no way. <laughs> of course not. But because it exists, we can use the excuse that we are just trying to stay informed. You know, this is uh, something I find myself telling myself where I'm like, <laughs> I need to stay informed, especially given all that's going on these days. Uh, but confine your news intake and uh, attempt to find maybe even better venues in order to get informed than just having you know whether it be talk radio or just pod like podcasts just blaring constantly in the background make sure that you are actively participating in this versus allowing it just to kind of constantly bombard your senses yeah for sure there's only one podcast i'm okay with you blaring in the background <laughs> at all hours of the day uh, and then you know we matt we recently had rachel cruz on the show she admitted that she used to check her her email first thing when she woke up there's something i think about
out uh, before your feet even touch the floor, getting inundated with information, problems that might be coming at you via email, or checking your Twitter feed even, right? Those are the kind of things that are going to start your day off on the wrong foot. So allow yourself at least a cup of coffee and a few moments of silence before you start checking your phone stuff. That's just like a minor tweak, but it does cut down on the noise that's reaching you literally immediately as you open your eyes. And I do think there's a number of our listeners out there who probably start their way that day. I know I used to too. Like Rachel's not alone. A lot of people do that. And so, yeah, I think putting your phone aside, maybe for the first 30 minutes of every morning is a really great way to combat that information overload and to combat FOMO at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, this even means avoiding financial sites if, if, if they begin to tug at your FOMO feelings, you know, like stop watching uh, financial news like CNBC. Stop looking at your retirement account statements so frequently, like, you know, stop looking at the, the small things that might cause you a little bit of stress. The stats have shown that the more frequently investors check their 401k statements, uh, the more likely they are to make ill-informed changes to their investment choices. Awareness is so important here. And if you see that you are participating in some of these knee-jerk behaviors, behaviors and some of these reactions, uh, then it's going to be time for you to make a change. Yeah, Matt. And I, th- I think you're wise to, to mention limiting the role that traditional media plays in our lives. And, and social media, same thing, right? I think we should actually be massively cutting down the time that we spend on both of those things. And so when it comes to the issue of comparison, well, we, we would suggest that you begin to cut the number of influences or lifestyle accounts that you follow on social media. Quote, unquote, influencers. <laughs> <laughs> like you, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've got a lifestyle account. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to follow it. <laughs> got to live that out of money life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that might even uh, mean unfollowing some of your actual friends too, uh, since so much of our interactions are taking place in this cleaned up, moderated digital world. We're not actually seeing the messy reality that that all of us live in. We're just seeing the perfectly appointed living room <laughs> that you walk into uh, when you first arrive at the house. And so this doesn't mean that you're not still friends. I think for a lot of people, especially younger generations, it can feel like that. Um, but give them a call and actually catch up. Grab a coffee or a beer and talk about the stuff that actually matters instead of just the stuff that they're buying. Instead of your friendship purely living in the digital world, bring it back into reality. Bring it back into the physical world. Yeah. So cutting back on the amount of information that we're bombarded with every single day is one way to, to make sure that we're not falling victim to FOMO. Also, uh, having a plan is really important. And having one that you, you can actually stick to, like that is even better. Uh, I actually pulled up my re- investing plan from a few years ago uh, that I hadn't looked at in quite some time. And dude, it was so fun to see <laughs> how I'm, I'm doing and how I'm actually sticking to it. It's fun to see kind of like some of the fundamentals that I identified way back then uh, and how they still inform me today. Uh, and you know, even though it's, it's not something I have to physically look at often, it's still informs my investing decisions uh, when I when I do have periods of doubt, you know, like when Tesla stock shot through the roof last year, uh, writing that plan out is a I think a key part of having a plan. You know, our, our brains can easily like, play tricks on us, and it allows us to maybe bend the truth a little bit when we are in an emotionally vulnerable spot. You know, and that's exactly what is happening to us when FOMO is coursing through our veins we're far more likely to react emotionally. Yes, I totally agree. You need a plan, right? But more than just having a plan and a plan that's written down is you need to have a plan that you can stick with. And like a plan that you can't stick to is going to be a plan that doesn't make sense. It's almost a worthless plan at that point. So right. a plan that you can stick to that aligns with your values is crucial. And and so, yeah, it needs to be something that's durable. Matt, we talked about this with Morgan Housel uh, just uh, a few months ago. And he uh, told us that he paid off his home, even though it wasn't the best use of his money from a numerical standpoint. Especially as a younger dude, Morgan could be putting more money 
money in the stock market. And over the decades, he's going to see a, a far greater return on his money from a numerical standpoint if he chose investing over paying off the house. But he told us that uh, this choice allowed him to stay 100% invested in stocks through thick and through thin when things are good in the market and when things are rough. Uh, not to mention just the, the peace of mind that it brings him knowing that his family can live in this home no matter what. <laughs> Nobody's taking that home away from him. And so, yeah, make sure your plan is similarly thought through so that your plan can inform how you treat your money for years to come and that you're not being reactionary with how you handle your money. Yeah, I mean, like an example for me is my approach to, to single stock investing. You know, I'll admit that like I'm having some serious FOMO not being in on, on Tesla. You're not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> and even like some cryptocurrencies too. You know, uh, it crosses my mind to switch up my portfolio completely, but then I remind myself that I'm I'm not investing to get rich quickly. Why am I investing? I'm doing it to provide financial security and, and freedom and for my family to have uh, financial stability. And you know, by putting my portfolio at risk by not diversifying and putting all that you know into single stocks, I'm putting that financial stability at risk. And so, for me, man, being patient and having stability as a goal, like that, informs my plan, uh, and that plan then informs my behavior and, and directs my behavior. Having that written down is so important, right? And it, yeah. it's so helpful to know that that's why you're doing what you're doing. And I think when we don't have that informed why behind our plan, it can be easy to want to shake things up based on what's happening around us in the moment, and that can lead to to bad decision making. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, Matt, just one other thing that people should consider if they, in particularly if they struggle from FOMO on the regular, is that it can be helpful to have a release valve in your life that allows you to scratch maybe some of those smaller FOMO itches so that they don't become, I don't know, something like full-blown FOMO chicken pox. Uh, uh, you know, you, you want it to uh, stay small. And, and I think if you have just that smaller release valve, it can um, help you stick to your plan too, right? Due to the pandemic, a lot of us are, are feeling the strain of not seeing or catching up with friends. Well, in order to scratch that itch some, the solution could be as simple as a beer with a friend outdoors on a porch around a fire. Don't cave to that FOMO by hosting a massive indoor party, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's not what you want to do that's, right that's now. That's the opposite of what you want to do. Maybe in the fall you can, but not right now. Um, but that's the kind of thing is like you have to have a release valve for those things. You're going to go crazy. You got to find some way to see the people that mean the most to you, but do it in a smart way that's not going to get you sick. Yeah. So that's a good relational example. When it comes to your spending, uh, there's little things that we can do as well to kind of have a a pressure release valve. You can, for instance, uh, make a smaller change that doesn't cost much. Like so, for me, I'm thinking through like I like DIY home renovation projects, things like that. Uh, but instead of doing a full blown renovation, you know, to a, a room or knocking out a wall or something like that, maybe you could just do something more affordable, like painting. Um, dude, or I know getting a nice indoor plant. Honestly, that makes a big difference. <laughs> it really does. Uh, so recently, I haven't. We I don't think we've talked about this on the show, but recently, like Kate and I have been talking through how like we want to re renovate the girls' bathroom at some point and I'm like toying with the idea of doing that myself because I, like, I enjoy working with my hands and seeing something I've accomplished uh, interacting with a space like I get a lot of joy out of that uh, but having a plan in this case is really helpful because we're identifying that like you know what like that is not necessary I just want to do that it's not because it's a need uh, and so over the holidays I was just like okay I want to scratch that itch a little bit and uh, you know we talked with I talked with the girls and we decided that let's let's build a secret passageway <laughs> and so I you know we cut out the back of a a built-in cabinet that we have in our playroom and now it leads to a closet that the girls are able to play in uh dude 
it was a lot of fun, first of all, to, to do the project, but the girls are freaking loving it. <laughs> and I spent no money building this thing out because th- these were all materials we had laying around the house. Just but, l- so they go into Narnia? Are they getting transported when they that's go exa- to the oh, We read those books last year, and so that's where Kate and I kind of got the idea. Uh, we're actually reading The Hobbit now, so now they call it a Hobbit hole. <laughs> uh, but like for for me, that was a way to kind of, all right, I'm going to work with my hands, pull out the tools, do you know, change the environment around me some, which is are all things that I really enjoy. But instead of doing that like on a massive scale where we're going to spend potentially thousands of dollars of you know buying materials and, and obviously the amount of time as well, I was able to spend time on the weekend uh, over the holiday doing this, you know, cutting out a hole into a wall, like supporting the stud. I did have to move an electrical box. That was exciting. I, <laughs> I'd, I'd never done electrical work before, but you know, just watch a few YouTube videos. But the bottom line though, I was able to do that without spending any money at all. That was a way that I was able to scratch that itch without it costing me a lot of money, without it affecting my, my finances. There you go. I yeah. like it. That's the, the release valve so that you don't go overboard and spend more money than, than you should or than you actually have uh, in order to do like some reno work yeah. that you're wanting to do. Uh, another thing too, like when we're talking about a release valve, you can have uh, a release valve built into the way that you invest. And the way to do that is to dedicate a percentage, a very small percentage, like 5% or less of your portfolio to investing in companies or sectors that intrigue you. Do you want to own a little Tesla? We've been talking about Tesla a lot, but that's just because... Dude, they've been on a tear. (laughs) Yeah, it's the meteoric rise that everyone everyone knows about. But do you want to own some Tesla or do you just want... uh, Or maybe Amazon or Apple or whatever, just companies that that you like? Or or just do you want to have the ability to run some experiments? Kind of like, you know, what we did in grade school (laughs) with the stock market experiment. (laughs) I remember that. By the way, that's a terrible way to teach kids about investing. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) I specifically remember investing in Xerox. (laughs) Like, I think the, the stock symbol was XR. Back in the day, though, you had to look it up in the newspaper. Yeah, terrible, terrible way to teach about the stock market. It is, it is. But, but for you, you know, if you want to be able to dabble, like if you don't want to completely be missing out, um, you can not miss out completely by putting just a small percentage of your resources towards some of those things that you're interested in, and that can be just the release valve that you need in order to keep the 95% or more of your money well diversified for yeah. your future. You got that little play money, that little fun stuff that you can do whatever you want with. But the vast majority remains in target date retirement funds or total stock market index funds that are building wealth for your future without that massive amount of risk involved. Yeah. So what's so funny about about the fact that we've been talking about Tesla so much is that this, you know, I mentioned that I have had some FOMO uh, regarding Tesla specifically. And what's really interesting is that uh, the S&P 500 inducted Tesla at the end of last year. That's right. And so I am all about the S&P 500. I have all of my personal retirement invested in VOO, V-O-O, which is the Vanguard's S&P 500 index fund. Uh, and now that that is included and reflected in that uh, ETF, I technically now own like 2% of that ETF is made up of Tesla. There you go. And so like problem solved. <laughs> like I literally feel differently about Tesla than I did, you know, towards the end of last, you know, before the end of last year because now I'm like, oh, well at least 2% of my portfolio is actually made up of Tesla. So that itch has been scratched. <laughs> right? Uh, and so that's just another word too. I mean, we're talking about diversification here. That's a way to avoid FOMO because when you are widely diversified, when you are invested in a little bit of everything, there's no missing out because you you're you're invited to the party. You're invited uh, a little bit to all the parties out there. Uh, and so that's definitely 
definitely something to keep in mind as well. If you are experiencing FOMO, uh, don't worry about that. Instead, rely on index funds. Yeah. And, and Matt, ultimately at its heart, FOMO is reactionary. And it's something that we're tempted to more and more these days uh, by the various inputs that come into our lives. Um, we're tempted to buy something new or to make changes to our lives. When just a few minutes ago, we were completely content with the way that things were. And I think that knowing the subtle ways that FOMO works its way into our personal finances, it can be helpful, but it's also important to cut out the unnecessary noise and also to uh, combat it with a plan that you can stick to. And remind yourself that uh, the things that you're seeing don't always resemble the the exact 100% truth. Often there's some cherry picking involved. We're always being sold a version of the truth. We're not, we're not getting the full honest truth from everyone out there from all these inputs that we're constantly seeing. Yeah. And, and honestly, man, the, the truth is that living life on your own terms is, is way better than buying into much of the stuff that FOMO is pushing you towards. You know, being content with your work, your, uh, your life and finances is a great goal to have amidst the sea of everyone wanting it all. And so I think this is a good word for us. You know, fending uh, off and curbing FOMO is going to have much better emotional and financial outcomes for all of us. That's true. I, I think this maybe this feels kind of like a, an odd topic for a money podcast to take on, but it just it totally feels like something that this psychological trick that is played on us pretty much every day <laughs> just by living life, like just by walking through this world. FOMO happens um, to all of us at one time or another. And I think pulling back the curtain, seeing how it happens um, can allow us to make better choices moving forward. But all right, Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had on this show. This one's called Dank Daniel. Uh, and this one <laughs> was a hazy, nice. hazy pale ale from Heist Brewing. Uh, what were your thoughts on this beer, man? Yeah, it's worth mentioning too on the label. They got a pair of uh, the white vans <laughs> sitting there underneath uh, Dank Daniel uh, on the label. But uh, I enjoyed this beer, man. This was a hazy. Uh, but as hazies go, I will say it wasn't overly hazy. Like sometimes you and I were drinking hazy IPAs, and they should, really should they put an asterisk only partially hazy. Uh, no, for real. Like like. like if this was orange juice, it would say no pulp. <laughs> because some of the ones we drink, I swear, it's like there's pulp in there. There's like the hop thickness going on. Uh, this one wasn't like that. It was certainly opaque. You know, you couldn't see through it. It had that tingly hop flavor going on, but it wasn't overly cloudy. Uh, I think this would be a, a good introduction to hazy IPAs if you've never had one. But yeah, I liked it. That's all I'm going to say. It's a good IPA. And actually, you're wrong. It's a pale ale. So, oh, is it really? Yeah. But, oh, Hazy Pale. I keep yeah. calling it Hazy IPA. That's all right. Oh, that explains it then. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a little more reserved, which, yeah. it, you know, that's honestly, I, that's why I think pale ales right now are my mm. sweet spot, dude. Yeah. And, and I, I actually kind of like it more now that I know it's a Hazy Pale. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an underwhelming IPA anymore. It's a high-performing pale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think it's like, it's just low-key method of solid hop distribution in my mind. I feel like pale ales can be a little bit cleaner, uh, a little more accessible, and not overwhelming overwhelm your palate nearly as much. So, yeah, I, I mean, I still like a good IPA, love a good IPA, but this uh, was a, a really solid pale that brought the hops without being too much. Yeah, absolutely. I, f- I feel like sometimes pales can be kind of written off as like like JV IPAs. You know, like, <laughs> right. like they're not, like pales don't stand up on their own. They're just, you know, they're, they're waiting for their chance to get on the varsity team. That Like they want to someday be in India pale ale. But uh, yeah, you and I would disagree. We totally feel that pale ales are totally where it's at. And I love that more breweries are incorporating some of the, uh, the hop flavors within the pale ales. And so they're uh, lighter in body, easier to drink, but still have a ton of flavor. Can't go wrong, man. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode listeners can find our show notes up at our website at howtomoney.com 
Definitely head over there if you haven't visited our website before. We've got lots of different resources on there to help you with your money. Yeah, and if you're relatively new to the podcast um, and you're enjoying it, but you haven't been able to leave a review yet, well, Matt and I, we'd appreciate if you would leave uh, just a quick rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It just helps other people find out about the show, find out what we're up to here at How to Money. And of course, it helps us to continue making the show. Yeah, that's true. And thanks in advance for doing that for us. We appreciate it. All right, Matt, that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.